0: Manchester United have produced the impossible. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. I'm Imran.
2: I'm Ashwin. I'm, and I'm Jimmy.
0: <laughs> well, nearly messed that up, I think, yeah. We had a four-man <laughs> yeah. pod a couple of weeks ago and uh, it confilled everybody in about the United Hour hierarchy. But uh, yeah, look, we're back here. We've left it a few days after the Manchester derby just to kind of see if anything happened with the managerial situation. Uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday. Nothing has happened yet. Um, the kind of reports in the news are saying there's no movement from the club side, but I always take everything that's going on in the media with a pinch of salt. So we'll obviously get deep into that. We are going to cover the City game, even though we don't particularly want to remember it. Uh, I mean, if we just rewind, I think the last podcast, it was me and you, Imran, and we'd just beaten Spurs. So we had some kind of hope. You know, I did anyway. I know you were already kind of almost made your mind up more or less, but I'd I'd said at the time, look, I'm going to give Ole these three matches, Spurs, Atlanta, Man City. I was hoping for seven points, bare minimum five points to say, look, he should still be given time to turn this around. But yeah, he hasn't achieved that. We've had four points out of these games, and it was even just a last minute kind of save against Atalanta that gave us a point away over there. Um, and yeah, obviously, the City match was just a total whitewash. We weren't in that game at any point. Uh, I think 2 0 even really flatters us. Uh, I mean, Imran, you were in the ground, obviously, in the Stretford end. You were at that Liverpool game, and I know you said you'd left early that day. Uh, how, how was the kind of feeling around you this week, that time?
1: There was a lot more resignation. I would say this week, um, there was a lot less shock um, so much as, as the result. I think there seemed to be uh, uh, just, yeah, everyone kind of accepting what they were seeing whilst also being just very angry at the players, but also kind of expecting it. Uh, I did stay till the end. Um, there were some boos. I think the most notable things I took from the game was there was no always at the wheel chant apart from from the City fans. There was very audible Van der chants, which could be read as defiant. I actually would. And when he got subbed on, there was a very big ironic cheer. Kind of felt bad for Fred uh, going off. But um, there was a huge ironic cheer when Van Beek came on. And also a lot of ire towards our defense. Whenever we had a goal kick, there was a lot of annoyance at how we were going about our business. With the short goal kicks and just not pushing up, and when we would push up, it was how long we'd actually take to realise we need to get up the pitch. Um, so there was a lot of that, and then just walking away from the ground, it was apparent to me that, I mean, I was kind of fast walking to my car because I, I had places to be. But every conversation I walked past, the consensus was that he had to go, which I was surprising because you'd think the the the, the general. Uh, opinion of the Old Trafford crowd is that they're well behind Ole, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's very difficult for people to boo Ole in the ground. I think they find that difficult and you can maybe understand why like that especially in front of City and Liverpool fans, like you don't want to, you don't want them to see us at our worst. But I do think that it has turned.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with that from kind of, you know, as well feedback from people I know who go to the match. Like often we'll say that it's kind of often one feeling online and it can be different in the ground. Um, I think that Liverpool game was already a day where a lot of people changed their minds. Uh, after that game, there was a lot of people I knew who were still defending Ole, who said, no, look, we can't defend this anymore. Including you. Uh, it, well, I, I, after the Liverpool game, I, like <laughs> I said, I'd still said, look, he's going to get three matches, but he's on borrowed time now. And, you know, he has to really do a big turnaround in this next kind of month to prove he's making up for that. And he hasn't done. He hasn't done. Uh, you know, and it's not just the result against City. It's that we weren't in that game at any point. Uh, that is the problem. You know, you can even take a loss if it's hard fought, if it's a close match. But it's the kind of manner of defeat. Um, and, yeah, look, there still was people who were still defending Labour. And then after that City game, there's now very few I know. There is still a few who are still saying, look, it's early in the season. We had a worse start last season. And yeah, I can understand that. you know. And I've always been staunchly defending Ole all the time. But that City game, I really felt sad after it. I really felt, listen, the team is a bit lost. There's not a lot of fight left in them. You know, that was the thing. Even there was matches like Atalanta, Villarreal, where we didn't play well, but they were still fighting till the end and still managing to pull out a late result. Uh, But the thing that really killed me in that City game was in that second half where we then went with a slightly more attacking lineup and City gave us a bit more of the ball. We still created nothing, nothing at all. And that was the real killer. I mean, I know Jamie and Oshwin last time you two guys were on was after that Liverpool game. And that was a very angry podcast where everybody was very upset and understandably so. Uh, so I know you'd kind of already both made your minds up already. But look, let's... Oshwin, going into this City game, what was your feeling? Because, you know, we'd beaten Spurs. We'd had a result against Atlanta, even if it didn't go that well. But yeah, how were you feeling going into that match?
3: Um, He's had a... always had a pretty good record against Pep. So uh, before the lineups came out, I thought, you know, maybe he'll... I thought maybe there's a chance you can get a result. Um, I don't think City have been in particularly good form this year. Uh, they haven't exactly played with the cutting edge in front of goal, uh, and I think their defense has—you can get at it, at least. Um, that said, once the lineups came out, I, I didn't feel good about it. Uh, I don't think you can play a two-up top without Cavani. Uh, I definitely don't think you can play a two-up top with Ronaldo and Greenwood. Um, neither is a particularly good target man. They don't really link up well together. Uh, Cavani's really good at holding the ball up and linking. Um, I just, it it didn't really make any sense to me, the lineup. I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty cowardly to not play Sancho in this match. Um, I, I I just like, I don't really understand what the vision is. Like, I I don't understand what he was trying to achieve. So like, when I look at the lineup, I just think, you know, okay, so the defense is, is, is not looking good. So you bring in an extra defender. Like, that that just seems like a very it's not a very creative solution to the actual problems um and i thought it was like you know lindelof wasn't fit enough to play against atlanta in midweek uh maguire i don't i mean look i don't think every all of his issues can be chalked down to fitness um But he doesn't look right. He doesn't, like, he's never been the most athletic player or fastest player in the world, but he looks much slower. He looks diminished Mm -hmm. right now. And I don't think that's just because, like, he's hung over from the Euros or overworked. I think he's not fit. I think he's been rushed back. Um, I don't understand playing both him and Lindelof in this match. I thought if you wanted to do something, this was probably a good place to play Matic. Um, I thought he would have added something in midfield. But, like, this is the thing with Ole, you knew what he was going to do. You knew he was going to pick McFred, you knew he was going to go 3 at the back. Like nothing was a surprise. And more than more than anything, um to me it just looks like he's just picked a formation and told guys to play and it doesn't look like we're drilled really in how to play like that effectively. Are we trying to press? Are we trying to sit back? Cuz even if you're looking to play on the counter, there are areas of the pitch you need to be aggressive and try to win challenges. And really, like, there was no area of the pitch where that was happening. And, like, I, I saw a lot of people um criticizing, oh, Fred got drilled by- he got drilled by a bunch of times. But, like, I-, I don't really know what the expectation is of him because he looks like the only guy in-, in various points that's trying to tackle, whereas, like, everybody else is dropping back into shape or not pressing. I don't know. It None of it makes coherent sense. And I think we're at a stage now with Ole where... um I I almost feel like the squad and individual players now are getting underrated because of systemic issues stemming from his management, and it's basically to me uh, as bad, arguably worse than it was at the end under Mourinho, which saw similar criticisms Levy against various players who magically became better when Ole took charge, obviously as interim. So uh, I'm just I I really struggle to evaluate individual players in this team at this point, and I just I'm shocked that Ole still has a job, and I. It's really hard to care about anything, as long as that's the case.
1: Just to echo that, it was very much, this is a formation. There isn't a plan from this formation. It's, this is a formation, 3 Was 2 actually more of a five-three-two. 2 There was no plan to deal with City, though. There was no plan to deal with their false nine. There was no plan to close them down. There was no plan to, what do we do when we've not got the ball? What do we do when we've got the ball? It was basically just, here's a formation, be in that formation. The plan might have been to counter-attack, but if it was the plan, we were executing it terribly. Um to Ronaldo me, just...
3: kept dropping. So you can't counter if Ronaldo keeps dropping. Yeah, he well, Ronaldo kept dropping because we, yeah, were, we were right. playing,
1: decided to play it short out the back. Yeah. Yep. But then we couldn't play it short out the back because we getting, kept on getting pressed at what point we'd yep. lose the ball. And any time we did get it out, we, we couldn't get up the pitch because it would just hound us and foul us.
0: Yeah, I think obviously there was a plan to try and soak up pressure and play on the counter, but it didn't work at all. I mean, when we uh, play
1: on the counter in the past, the idea is get it down the wings. But we didn't have anyone down the wings. So I don't know where, where, where were we meant to counter. It anything? made no sense. Like... But we,
0: have, we have even played this kind of formation before, but we haven't done it for a long time. You know, we said even on the last pod after Spurs that, you know, a year ago and even before that, Ole did used to chop and change a lot more. He'd switch it around. But last season, he went four two three one and stuck with it for months and months and months. And we hadn't seen it since around this time last year, really. Uh, I remember being in Leipzig and there was a couple of times. And even, yeah, we have had this formation and worked against Manchester City in the past. Uh, you know, as you say Ollie's had a good record versus Pep. So as with the biggest problem was, of course, is that Varane got injured, Cavani got injured. Then all of a sudden, you've got limited options. I mean, Oshwin, you said, I don't see why Sancho didn't play. What, you're saying he should play as part of a front two? I mean, Playoff when you start playing this formation, but like,
3: why are we playing it, this formation? Is like, I, I don't understand because, it,
0: because because it works against but Spurs. It's and That's what they've it's, been practicing. It, yeah, it's and it's. It, it, I know a lot and, of people after after Liverpool. A lot of people saying, I can't believe he didn't go with five at the back. I can't believe he played Liverpool without that in the way we're playing. Loads of people were saying that, but loads and now of people say, why is he playing so five all, at the
3: back? Those loads of people, one are stupid, um,
0: and two, like. You can't just. Play. You, can, you can pass that message to Alex because I remember he was saying after <laughs> Liverpool, I can't a- believe Alex we played. Four Alex at knows the
3: time. how I feel about him. Uh, <laughs> but no, like it's you have to play like you you bought Sancho, right? You spent seventy three million pounds on him to play the right wing. You have chased him for two years to to do this job. He has not gotten a chance to play in that position. It makes no sense. And here is the other thing which Imran touched upon, but like no matter what system you have, right? Four three five two, four, three, three, four, two, three, one. It doesn't really matter. You need to be able to progress the ball up the pitch. That was the main issue with the the team we selected and the formation we played. Uh basically the only player you could say that you were comfortable with progressing the ball up the pitch would have been Shaw in some instances. But Greenwood isn't particularly great at it. You don't want Ronaldo doing Ronaldo isn't that type of player anymore. Uh Juan Bisaka, who was awful in this game, didn't look like he was bothered. But like the reason you get Sancho and play him on the right is because he can help you do that, because he can link play, because he can dribble, he can take guys on. And yeah, the second half was awful, but when he did get on the ball, we did see him do that. We saw him take on defenders and get by his man. And like, well, If it was
1: up to Jamie, we'd play Sancho all the time, wouldn't we, Jamie? Yep, <laughs>
3: yeah, every like, game.
2: Jamie should speak. <laughs> no, but there's a couple of things, right, that comes out of the game on Saturday, right? So we think, and we all agree, that the formation that we set up Yeah, okay, it was set up as a result of the Spurs game. That's why we played it. I just, I don't understand why because that worked against Spurs and then we look at it and go, all right, Man City are a really good team, so we're going to set up that way. Fine. But within 10 minutes of the game, there was a pattern emerging that was just going to continue through the entire game if there wasn't a change made, which was City normally, when we play them, they stand off us a little bit, and we tend to get a little bit of space in the midfield, between, or even just between the back four and the back three, and then the midfield three or four. We always get a bit of space. That's how, if you look at when we played Man City at City last season and won 2 0. That's why we won 2 0, because we had the space slightly out from defence towards the midfield, so we were able to get the ball down in defence and actually pass it. Within the first 10 minutes of this game, not one player had time on the ball. Pep Guardiola from the first minute was on the touchline screaming at the players, pushing them five, ten yards further up the pitch to make sure that whoever got the ball, whether it was Sean, the left-back position, left-wing-back position, wan right right-wing-back, any of the defenders, there was somebody on them all the time. So we did not have time to just pass the ball short because there was always a man there. The problem I've got with that in terms of setting up that way and then being rigid why can Ollie not watch that for 10 minutes and then just think that this isn't working I don't mean the 5-3-2 I mean constantly feeding the ball out deep, uh, just to Maguire or whoever like you need to react to stuff that's happening in game I'm not saying change the entire formation but if, if passing the ball short or looking for the short pass to turn it into midfield isn't working because the other team is just pushing right up on top of you and not letting the players get on the ball and let's be honest we've not got tremendous footballers in terms of defenders who can actually step into the midfield and pass it we've got a couple but we don't have five that you can all say are very comfortable on the ball can beat their opposite man and feed the ball into the midfield we just don't have it so you need to be able to react and say right do you know what then for 10 minutes when De Gea is taking a goal kick we're just going to kick it long to the halfway line on the right or the left hand side, we need to push Man City back because every single time we try to do anything, they're on top of us every single time, there was no change at all, that entire pa- that pattern just happened all the way through the first half and you were watching it. And even Roy Keane was saying it's so- something's got to change here, they can't go out with the exact same attitude and try and do the exact same thing because they're just not going to get the ball. Or we're going to get the ball and lose it very quickly because we're going to turn it straight back over to the other team. So he changes Sancho at half-time and as Ashman said, he played well second half. He beats his man, he gets on the ball, he actually drives the defenders. But the problem is, you're not then doing that on the left-hand side. So there's one guy trying to do it by himself on the right-hand side, but that's not happening on the left-hand side. And one man trying to do that against the entire Man City team just isn't going to work. So... As well as Sancho played second half. That was the easiest training session those Man City players will ever have. They just passed the ball about, expended no energy. I mean, you were watching like Foden and that coming off full time and giving the interviews. It didn't even look like they'd been playing. They just looked like they just like walked walked off the bus. So I, I thought, yeah, it was the
3: worst performance. I'd, I I'm not even. I think it's the it's the worst performance I've ever watched. Like it, it was terrible. The score line doesn't indicate it, but. It was, it lacked any purpose, it lacked any effort, it lacked any desire, and it lacked a plan. Like, there was no plan of anything. And the effort and the, I don't know how you can watch, like, I, I honestly don't understand the management of the club. Because how can you fucking watch that and determine that the manager needs more time? Like, give me a fucking break.
0: Uh, he doesn't need more time. He's he's done. Yeah, yeah look, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that, right? We're not on that yet. It's so just... yeah, let's wait for your Ole out screaming. Yeah, we're not ready for that yet. We we're just gonna have a quick chat about the match first, yeah. Um so look, obviously it started badly. You know, Bai had a brilliant game against Atalanta. And, you know, he's one that I think should have played more, even if he always has this kind of, what we'd say, (laughs) brain fart in him, which is exactly what happened after like seven minutes off this game. Um, But he had a really good game against Atlanta. I think, you know, if we go back, I remember when we did that Leicester one and we, you know, we all agreed it was ridiculous that Maguire started that game. And it's since then that our defense has been a major issue, even, you know, before that. But it was since that day that it was a major problem. Uh, and, you know, Baye should have been playing from that day, but he came in against Atlanta, had a good performance, but yeah, he's, you know, within a few minutes here, he's ended up putting the ball in his own net, and I'm guessing that's right in front of you as well, right? Right in yeah, front of the yeah, Stratford yeah. end.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't, it's not the worst own goal I've ever seen. The, the The bigger crime there was, I think that the City put in like three crosses within the space of like 20 seconds and nobody bothered to close any of them down or do anything about them, and our clearances was poor, and, it was just a poor goal all round. Just our general lack of defending our box again, and I think it was Bruno very uh, yeah. lazy on closing down yeah. that.
3: Um, uh, on NBCSN, that's what we have here. They were killing Bruno
1: after that goal. Yeah, I mean, it was just lazy. It was, was just lazy. Yeah. Was yeah. just la- I mean, I expect that from Wan Bissaka because you know Wan Bissaka's the king of cl- lazy closing down. But I didn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't expect it from Bruno, is what I would say. But this, this, if, if there was ever a game for laziness, this was the game for laziness. From our players.
0: Yeah, that, that is, you know, we have beaten Pep City several times under Ole, even as recently as March this year. Mm-hmm. It's only, you know, six, it's not six months ago. All right, it's like, uh, what, nine months ago. Um, It was a very similar lineup. There's only a couple of different players we had out. And even City's team was very similar. There's two, three players different each day. In fact, you would even say that our team was weaker in March because we started with James and Martial that day. And we beat City 2-0 at their place. But the times we beat them, our players were fighting for every ball. Mm. They were winning the 50-50s. They were closing down. And, yeah, we just didn't see that in this match. And that is the biggest issue. I mean, I don't agree with a lot of the complaints that you've said about the formation and whatever. I mean, I think, to me, it actually made sense to go with this formation. And the problem was was that players like Varane were out. Cavani was out. So it didn't work as well. But, yeah, uh, you know, we've gone back and said it for a few weeks now that the likes of Maguire, Shaw have been off form for a long time. Uh, And the biggest problem is that we just couldn't keep hold of the ball. You know, I always like to look at those possession stats. And you've got, like, Luke Shaw in this match was down at 66%. Like, that
1: is one of the
0: worst. It's one of the worst you'll ever see from anybody on our team. You don't even expect that from your kind of striker or, like, more creative player who you will give some leniency to, to give the ball away if they're taking risks, <clears> going for crosses, things like that. I mean, 66% for playing in the kind of defensive position is unforgivable. And then even, yeah, I mean, Bayes at like 72%. If we move on to like the midfield, it's not as bad. Scott McTominay was not giving the ball away. He's at 90%. Fred was down at 82, which is not good enough in that kind of position. Um, and so, yeah, look, but this is the problem. Those are the areas. You know, Bruno, as well, uh, a lot in this, when we played that five, well, three, five, two, however you want to say it is, everything goes on Bruno on creativity. I mean, you might hope for a bit from wide areas in Shaw and Wan Bissaka, but really, everything goes on Bruno, and you're just hoping that he's mm. the one who's going to pull out because you know it's not going to come from yep. Fred or McTominay. Bruno spent this that. entire
1: game just whinging yeah, and it moaning moaning so I mean... all the game. It was, it was.
0: That's it. He didn't come with anything. I mean, uh, he's at 77% in that game. Oh, I was going to say, Jamie, I mean, yeah, do You, how do you feel about Bruno at the moment and things like that? There's still some people who say, you know, he has these up and down performances and, you know, the days where it doesn't go for him and he's giving the ball away a lot. He starts becoming a liability.
2: I think he's been a liability the last two big games we've played. So that's those played Man City and Liverpool in the space of three or four weeks in both games. Two uh, Yeah, fortnight. And both games, it was he was like a spoiled brat at times on the middle of the pitch, just moaning to the ref, throwing his hands up in the air at everything. Like, yeah, but yeah he's always been erratic and even if he's not playing great, you keep him on because you think, yeah, he, he can find that killer pass or he can do something. But this, this pettiness is becoming more and more and more apparent and I don't know if that's a direct result of we're not playing very well. The worse we play, the more petty he's becoming, the more, he's, the more angry he's getting, the wound up he's getting. But Saturday was atrocious. That's, that's the only word for it. Like hmm. He couldn't control the ball. He as I said, with the passing accuracy, stat, terrible passing stats. Just, even just simple ones. Where there was a couple of times in the first half when, when we did actually manage to get the ball in the midfield. And you're immediately looking for that ball to just get it shifted on to try and get us up the pitch. Can't keep hold of the ball. Can't return the ball back to where it came. Whether it was McTominay, Fred, Wambasaka, whoever. Can't return the ball back to them. He looks for some insane Hollywood pass behind the other fullbacks to say wan is chasing it, and he's got absolutely no chance of making it because that happened two or three times as well. So, as good as he is at times, you just think when when you're not playing it well. And you're constantly giving the ball away, just calm it down a bit. Just just keep possession and just concentrate on keeping the ball because games like that on Saturday where okay, Man City haven't been firing all cylinders this year, they're still the champions. They're still one of the best teams in Europe. If you just constantly turn over the possession, it's gonna be ages before you get it back again. And Bruno is one of our best players, so he's gonna see a lot of the ball, but just too many times now against good opposition. He's just constantly turning over the ball and he just needs to just concentrate sometimes on just keeping a hold of it, especially when when we are not playing well collectively as well.
1: It would be funny if you'd think um one one of our Portuguese players would be throwing a big strop and moan. You wouldn't have thought it would be Bruno, no, would you? Not. you thought it would be the other one. But the other one's actually not been very moany at all. If I've actually if I would say leader for Ronaldo is actually one of our better players. I agree with that. Just because he would actually he was actually giving his all, like he was actually trying to compete for balls. He was jumping, like trying to win headers off Diaz, but just nobody was around him to win second balls. So I just thought that was interesting.
0: There was um, actually a period in this game, like <laughs> all right, we went down early and we couldn't keep the ball well the first kind of I'd say quarter of the game. But the kind of you know second half of the first half, we did actually come into the game a bit. A little there was bit. One chance for Ronaldo. Yeah, a little bit. But we at least. Had the ball a little bit. Right? There was one chance for Ronaldo, one for Maguire. We came into a little bit, and it was that it was that second goal on the stroke of half time that was just the absolute killer. And you could just see how the whole team got deflated by that. I mean it was David Here was keeping us in the game. He saved several chances. I mean, there could have been another own goal uh, from Lindelof. So yeah, we were lucky to get that far at one nil. But the fact is we were still one nil, and you thought if we get to half time maybe Ollie will switch it, or we see what we do second half. But that second goal was the absolute killer. I mean, Oshwin, who do you blame for that second goal? There's a few players who've been blamed on the TV. Again, you know, there's Wan-Bissaka who maybe can close down better. than there's Shaw, but there's De Gea, Maguire, all in there. I mean, whose fault do you think that second goal was?
3: Uh, primarily, I think it's Shaw and De Gea. Um, Shaw calls, he, te- he calls off Maguire. So like, you know, if we want to criticize Maguire, there's plenty of things to criticize him for. I don't think that that goal is particularly won, um, though. You could argue, you know, maybe he should just take matters into his own hands and clear it anyway. Um, but that's where I think Shaw, like Shaw, should just deal with that. He shouldn't try and be cute and, you know, oh, I'll just show it out of bounds. Like you have to know. Like, Bernardo Silva is that type of player, right? He's always going to chase that. He's always going to chase it until it goes out. Uh, I think Shaw is definitely culpable for that. Uh, and then De Gea should... I mean, he did ama- he had amazing saves in this game. So for that, to let that one in is very poor. Very, very poor. Uh, I think he has to do better there. I think him and Shaw really need to do better there. Uh, and Shaw, like... You know, I actually thought uh, after the Liverpool debacle, uh, I thought he had played pretty well against Spurs. I thought he I thought he did a pretty decent job against Atalanta too um but this was it, that's just he's had these mistakes in him this year, and it's like he's just completely lost the form that he showed last year um and it's concerning, but it's also like you know this is where I just think this is like a failure of management, right because you have to keep players sharp, and that's not happening because. He refuses to play Telles. Who, whatever. Like I don't really care for him, but that will actually make you compete for your spot, right? Um, same thing goes for Juan Busaca on the right, who I think, yeah, we don't have any great second right back option. But um, you know, like, can you play by either? Like, can you can you try something? I think you can try things and he doesn't seem very yeah there is Dallo. Uh, i think Dallo is yeah. an
0: option he can be yeah, rotated Dallow's in there. and out
3: yeah i just i just think that like you have to keep these players on their toes and right now i'm looking at you know that goal to me just speaks of complacency like he like shaw is so lax in that situation and you know to your point like as bad as we played you go in at 1-0 maybe you know you can kind of it's it's still there right the game yeah, is still yeah. right there for you um and it's, like, it's just, like, all you need to do there is just put your foot through it. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just get your, like, clear it. Just clear it. it doesn't matter because you're about 30 seconds away from halftime. You don't need to be cute and try and get a goal kick. Just 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 handle it. Deal with it. And, um, you know, like, this is a problem. This is, like, it just feels like across the team there is a lack of willingness to take ownership of situations, personal responsibility, whatever you want to call it. Um it feels like there's a lot of players that are complacent. You guys talked about Bruno. I thought like for me he is exemplifying the issues that have let her now in the squad, right? Like he is getting away with anything he does. Anything he wants to do, he can get away with. You know, not try for 90 minutes, not like just yell and complain and bitch and moan and like that's all he did and it's okay because Ole will never take him out. Ole will never sit him. If he's healthy, he will start. Guaranteed nobody else will get a chance over him. And when you allow that to happen, um, you know, that's a problem that probably manifests in a lot of areas across across the board in the team, right? Like we've seen Maguire, like he's been awful, and yet he has to play if he starts. Um, Uh you're not Yeah, absolutely. Juan bisaka terrible, but he plays every time. Um it's if you're not making these guys come and then you compare that to like you just look at City, right? uh Grillish didn't even play he didn't start he's their what, 100 million pound transfer uh didn't play uh Sterling didn't play like that is how you make players stay sharp is when you hold them accountable for their performances
1: mm-hmm. um I mean Nick you, and, and you, like, you whilst being a big O supporter you have always criticized him for that to be fair
0: yeah I mean like I said I've always been fully back in Ole, but it's always been my major criticism has been a lack of squad management and issues with game management substitutions during games. But the squad management thing has been a bugbear of mine for a long time. You know, I said before there was cup games, especially last year, where he was still playing very strong teams and uh, and you know it a lot of our problems I think actually come down to this at the end of the day. And I think this ultimately will be Ole's downfall is not rotating enough. And like you say, Oshwin, it feeds into so many things that one, players are overplayed and they're tired and they're not fresh. Two, players who are on the bench start getting annoyed, whether it's van der Beek, whether it's Baye, that they're not getting involved. Three, it doesn't push those players to fight for their places. Uh, You know, you say even it it might not be start the game. You might say, all right, let's take out Shaw at 60 minutes and give Tellers half an hour. But we rarely even see something like that. Um, it's only if he's forced to you know in the second half of this game Shaw did get injured came out Tellis comes in you know he did make some change in the second half he tried to then change the system because he had no choice at 2-0 as we said before Sancho does come in and we looked kind of better for about 5-10 minutes but then it was just a washout we had nothing at all and as I said it was the second half of this City game that really depressed me and really killed my last kind of hope to be honest that Ole can turn this around But yeah, as I say, it will be in the end, this game management, lack of rotation. And before, you know, we used to say Ole doesn't have the squad. He doesn't have the good enough players, but he does now. The squad is strong now. There's so many good players on the bench. There's so many players who could have played more minutes. And even last year, I was, you know, saying people like Tuunzebi, Van der Beek, they can definitely be playing half an hour more here, and starting here and there. And they weren't. And... I think it comes down to that. And I think that all of our issues in defence, a lot of it comes down to this. Players like Maguire and Shaw especially, who've played too many minutes. Wan-Bissaka as well, but he doesn't go on international duty, so he does at least get a rest at that time. Whereas Maguire and Shaw are playing twice a week, then going international, plus being rushed back from injuries. And yeah, at the end, this is going to be the area where Ole has fallen down in. I hoped he would learn from mistakes, change, improve, but he hasn't. He's still making that same
1: error. It was funny because we were saying on the group, like Ole has always also talked about how he wants a big squad. We have extended contracts because of this. Like he made a point of not wanting Lingard to go anywhere. We gave Matter a year for, (laughs) I don't know what to do, uh, make the drinks. Um, And he constantly talks about how he loves this selection headache. I don't know what he's getting a headache He's a masochist. He picks the same team. Like (laughs) What is giving him a (laughs) headache? Picking the same people all the time. (laughs) <laughs> Migraine.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, he does rotate it, up front. I think he has about he fourteen doesn't...
1: players, and he re- rotates them, and then the rest. I mean... And it's,
0: it's also
3: like, yeah, like the Lingard one makes no sense, right? He's specifically said he wanted to keep him because he wants a big spot, and then he plays well. But and then yeah, and he plays well. He scores a winner against West Ham, right? Um, a great winner. Then he can't get into the team again. Um, I just, it's, it's crazy. Like it is. It, the, fo- the most the funniest thing, right, is he brought him on against Young Boys. He has that horrible error, right? Horrible error that essentially yeah. costs us uh, a draw. He plays him though against West Ham. The next the next match, he plays him, scores a winner, and then from there he's basically just disappeared. Like he just he might as well not be there. Um, Sancho has not even really gotten a chance. It's like. You know, on Sancho, I you, have to say have that to, I think
0: have... people and you as well go a bit too much about Sancho because I don't think he's shown enough to deserve any more than the time he's had. Whereas I do agree with Lingard and, but... you know, a couple of other players. Sancho, I think he's had quite a few starts. I don't agree. I, I, don't,
3: I don't agree because he's, he's go played. Go on, Jamie. Und- you, we're not from I was
0: going I, yeah, go right, I
2: understand if you think, yeah, I've seen him start and I, I'm not impressed. I don't, I don't think he's done anything to warrant a start. He was bought to play right wing, so why? Why is it? Kind of feeds into this discussion we're just having about players starting over and over and over and over again. Greenwood is constantly played right hand side. All right, he played in the two up front at the weekend, but he's constantly playing Greenwood on the right. He he doesn't need to do that. He can he can take one game and one game and and play him right hand play Green- Sancho. Right-hand side, Michael alone, of all people, after the Man City game, made, made a point which was excellent, where he said, if you're going to sign players, so Varane, yeah, comes in and shows he's a really good player and starts from the, the start of the season, the only reason he's not playing is he's injured. If you're buying somebody like Sancho, somebody you have tracked for two years, £73 million, had a tremendous season at Dortmund, you know You're wanting to play him on that right-hand side. And okay, things are a bit shit just now. So the formation is constantly changing. But you have to go through the pain barrier a little bit with him on the right-hand side. You have to appreciate. We've bought him to play on the right-hand side. We've hardly played him there. We've told him to fill in on the left-hand side because Rashford's been injured. Martial's not been in great form. We don't have anybody else on the left. Fine. But the minute somebody becomes available on the left, put him on the right. Give him a couple of games. Because as much as
1: Greenwood has constantly been played and has scored a couple of goals, Greenwood hasn't pulled up any trees. And Greenwood could play on the right, on the left, yeah. by the way. Greenwood is perfectly yeah. two-footed, could play on the left.
0: But yeah, I will say as well that Sancho has played absolutely plenty on the left. He played as much on the left last season for Borussia Dortmund as he did on the right. And he actually has better numbers in terms of goals or assists from the left than from the right last season in the Bundesliga. So I think this is too overplayed. But it does all go back to Ronaldo. And, you know, it's that other issue that I'm sure if Ronaldo hadn't come in, that Greenwood would be playing up front, that Sancho would be playing on the right. And, yeah, there is this still question that, you know, his goals have been amazing. He saved us again against Atlanta. But I still do have this bit of niggle about whether... It's difficult because I say you can't argue with Ronaldo's output, his goals. And he's even playing better now he's even pressing as you said Imran as well he was putting in the effort he's not just standing around but I still do feel that it's been an issue that he was not part of the plan he's coming at the last minute he has to accommodate him and that for me is the main issue of why Sancho now hasn't played on the right uh because yeah Greenwood gets pushed out there uh yeah it, it, it is it, that is the Ronaldo kind of problem but, really
3: but like Greenwood Greenwood I don't think Greenwood hasn't Greenwood has scored some tr- amazing, um, tremendous goals. What you want when you, you bought Ronaldo, okay, is that, was that part of the plan? Probably no, we, not. we know it
0: wasn't part of the plan. Right. We but, know it but, wasn't.
3: Right, right. So, but here's the thing. Ole wanted him. He was on board with getting Ronaldo. Sure, this is not yeah, something yeah, that yeah, they like, sure. forced on him. Once you buy Ronaldo, you know what is Ronaldo. Ronaldo is a lethal goal scorer. You produce chances, he will put them away. That is the purpose of having Ronaldo. Why are you playing Greenwood constantly on the right who does not create chances? That is not the type of player he is. That is not why he is. Like when he plays on the right, he always wants to come in, he always wants to take shots on goal. That's fine. I'm not. That is what he is as a player. He is. He's a striker, right? He is. He wants to score goals. I completely understand that. Sancho creates chances. That is what he does. You look left, right, whatever. It doesn't matter. He creates chances. You want to score goals, you play Sancho, and you let him create chances for Ronaldo. You let him bring the ball up. You let him link up and create a threat on the right-hand side that teams don't have to ignore. Watch how teams defend us on the right now. They all—they always know exactly what the pattern is because they know that Greenwood's going to come in and try and get in on his left foot and shoot, and they know Juan is going to make the most meandering, overlapping run ever that they're not worried about. you they, It's easy to defend us because there's no threat there's no concern that Greenwood is gonna like link up between the lines and find there's nothing like that. There's no variation to our play and it's easy to defend us. Sancho gives you variation. He's a different type of player. He's a different profile of player than Rashford than Greenwood than than really anybody else we have in that attacking set of players. That is why they bought him. So why as Jamie pointed out and apparently as genius Michael Owen pointed out, why will you not go through that bit of pain? To get the reward, because the reward is what matters. You are going through the the, the issues that he has adapting to the league. Laurie Whitwell wrote a piece today in the Athletic about it. He's you know apparently putting in extra sessions. Apparently, he was much more sick and injured at the start of the year than we knew. Um, but like, and then to Jamie's point again, in that same article, they're talking about oh. Uh, Sancho is you know he they they think about, they they're thinking about maybe using him as a right wing back to to replace Juan bissaka at times like what are we doing what like, I mean, what is the purpose we don't, of that I can't
1: read into that too much that could be bullshit
0: I mean it does sound it like could something they do but, but, but it could be bullshit it it, it look it something is but... in training you know I I don't like to spend too much time talking about media stuff fair, you know I've think... used
1: to play a center back in training so
0: yeah, look, you try things in training and, you know, he hasn't done it in a game. If he did it in a game, then I could understand people throwing their toys out about it. But it's no, some, nothing we've seen yet. And I think trying things in training and all is not an issue, even if it's something that you're looking at going forward. But I mean, anyway, look, let's move past this game. Wait, hang on, before we do,
1: I feel no. like we need to lane, so, because we're going to lane to all day. We already have. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ushwin could uh, somehow talk about global warming and link it back to being the manager's fault at this time, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, but we, we do need to lay into the players a bit before we lay into Um Absolutely. My yeah. one, the stat I pulled from the first half of this game was that we had 30% possession and we committed two fouls. City had 70% possession and committed eight fouls. That basically tells you that our players were not even A- Getting close to city players, B. If they were getting close to them, try not trying to like tackle or close them down or anything, or C. Not doing anything to even try and disrupt their play. Like we were so far off their players in just in terms of pure effort. I'm not even talking about like systems. I'm just talking about. I am. I'm key, like I hit someone like Roy Keane, and Roy Keane even himself said it. Like if you are playing shit, if your team is shit, just go run into someone, do something. Get yourself up for it, especially in a derby. Exactly in a in derby. A derby.
2: Fucking tackle somebody and get the get the crowd up. Get the other get your teammates up. Mm. A bit. It doesn't have to be a red card challenge. Just go and
1: just go running someone,
2: somebody with the ball and, and and just do something. It was so passive the first half. It was it was pathetic. Mm. And then it was like I was watching it with my brother. As my brother pointed out, if if you took the score away, especially like with with twenty minutes to go, if you took the score away. In the top left corner of the screen And watched who was They watched the game And then you asked a passerby Who do you think's winning this game Everyone would have said Man United Because we were so stand off We were miles for City City were the ones just passing it about Just constantly in possession of the ball You'd swear we were winning about 3 or 4-0 And we're not bothered about actually looking for the ball And there was a bit in the second half That ju- they just summed up the whole afternoon for me And it was I can't remember if it was Silva or if it was uh, Cancello. Somebody, somebody got fouled for us on the near side. And the referee gave a free kick. We passed the ball wide to Shaw. And it's just before Shaw went off injured. But we passed the ball wide to Shaw and Silva fouled Shaw. Silva then turns round as if he's going to start having a go at the referee saying, that's not a foul. Pep Guardiola from nowhere appears on the touchline. And he's screaming at Silver. I thought he was screaming at the ref, but he's actually screaming at Silver, telling him, get five yards back and get in position and just and wait for the free kick. We take the free kick and pass it back to the, I think it's to Maguire. Guardiola then screams at literally Silver and whoever else is near him, and is like you can just see off the back silhouette of him, he's motioning with his arm, throwing it forward, just saying to everybody, push up and get tore right into us. We're getting beat. And there's not even the same reaction mm. the other way around when say you have got the ball. It, 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 the application on Saturday was a disgrace.
1: And like, it was terrible. And like we said, like, obviously all they have to cop blame for this, but just from a personal pride standpoint, run about, it's a derby. R- sprint to things, run to things, challenge. Put, if you are not going to beat, you cannot beat Manchester City without putting 100%. You cannot. And if I'm going to single out one player, I'm going to single out one bissaka because if honest to God, if he never plays a game for this club after that performance, I'll be perfectly happy because that was completely and utterly unacceptable. Just jogging to people, jogging to close down, bottling 50-50s, not bothering, not asked Unless it's a juicy slide tackle for him to do, he is not bothered. He is not bothered unless he can slide on his ass and do a wonderful tackle and everyone goes, ooh, what a wonderful slide tackle, wan other than that, he does not give a shit. And that pisses me off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's even any point in singling out anybody. As I said, as a team, they were all very poor. And we. the biggest issue for me, as I said, and why this game like, kind of killed my hope in Ole turning it around was that we've seen the same players beat Manchester City, put in good performances in big matches last season, even if it was like nil-nil, you know, they were at least able to keep it tight. They weren't just throwing it away straight away. And it was nearly the same players. There was McFred. There was Maguire, Shaw. There was Wan-Bissaka. It was, you know, Lindelof. It's the same players who all put in 100 times better performance only six months ago. And were doing it for most of last season. So, you know, there is a big question over that. And we've slightly discussed it before over what is the difference now? What has happened? I mean, I personally put a lot of that down to kind of Euro hangovers, players being overplayed being brought back too early for injury and then of course once you lose a couple of games you start losing confidence you know so much of football is about the mental side of it and you know you've we've seen ole before pull it out though in these kind of matches what? i remember as well doing a podcast before we were going to play city we'd been absolutely awful the week before and we said we had absolutely no chance and we pulled out a win and you still had that kind of hope that we might do that same sort of thing but we were absolutely nowhere near it and yeah I did say as well Osh, when you said before when you saw the team sheet there was a lot of worries in the defence I'd said pre match I was kind of hoping for nil nil it was about as good as I thought we might have managed um because yeah me I'm never going to predict a loss in any match unlike here, yeah, maybe Imran you might do <laughs> uh, but you yeah, look anyway look let's move on from this game let's talk about the manager because yeah it should be the main kind of focus around this podcast I I previously still always said I was going to give all the time as I said these three matches Well, for me, the kind of barometer, a lot of the press had said the club are giving him these three games till international break. For me, he's been far off hitting the kind of target to show that he needs more time. I'm never going to be one who's shouting for the manager's head and to say Ole out. But now I do think the club should be looking at other options, should be looking to see what else is out there. I mean, I wouldn't say immediately he has to go. It has to depends on what the other options are. Um... I mean, Imran, are you, I think you've said already after Liverpool that you thought you were expecting the announcement to come after that game. So what, now you're what shocked that that announcement hasn't come already?
1: Uh, I'm not shocked because our club is run by buffoons. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm appalled that uh, we can put in two of the worst performances I can recall at Old Trafford back-to-back. We can lose three home games in the league on the spin, and he can still be in a job. Now we could all look like fools, and tomorrow the announcement could come out of the blue, and that's fair enough. But I don't think the fact that none of us actually—if you—if you were to put a gun to our head and said, "Will he be sacked?" I think we would all say probably not. Uh, and everyone's nodding on this. Everyone's nodding on this Zoom call. Yeah, so yeah. Agree. So um, and, and and that is. That is an issue for me because we as a club, our standards are seemingly so low and we just have this, well, we just kind of, let's, let's just hope, let's hope. Why, what are we hoping for? Like we have the evidence in front of us. It is not good. We have seen what can happen when you change a manager. When we changed Jose, what happened? Much better stuff. Like we see other clubs change managers all the time and better things happen. Like sometimes you just need that refresh we are sitting here hoping, God knows what, I read something today that Ollie's is still in a job because of our performances in the Champions League. That is absolute Bullshit. fucking nonsense. Because yeah. our performances in the Champions League have been terrible. And if it wasn't for Cristiano Ronaldo, we would literally be out of the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say when people talk about performances is that we know that our board is made up of businessmen. They won't have a clue about what our performances are like. They'll only look at, we're top of the Champions League group, Last year, we finished second. You know, we've seen before. We've been in this position before, okay? We're on manager number four after Ferguson. Moyes... Hey, don't forget about Giggs. Come on. I'm not counting caretakers and whatever, but yeah. Give it, Giggsie. Uh You know, we've seen what Moyes was given a long time, but yeah, it was his first season. It was transition... Van Hal was given till the end of that year, even though, you know, I'm sure Imran, you remember that period at Old Trafford. It was something ridiculous. Like what was it? Eight, nine games that we didn't score a goal like in the first half of a game at Old Trafford or something. I can't remember exactly. But it was something crazy. And he still got to the end of that season. Mourinho was the only one who was turfed before Christmas. And I think that was because he had fallen out with a lot of players. There was clearly a bad, bad atmosphere around everything. I think that is one thing that You know, last week after the Liverpool game, a lot of players were coming out in support of Ole, even coming out on social media, people like Rashford and even Pogba was posting out saying that, you know, the media posting lies. Uh, So you still felt, look, he's not lost the dressing room. But after this game, Maguire said a couple of things that firstly, you know, are things that a captain should never, ever say live on television. He was talking about lacking belief. And I think even Ole was surprised to hear that kind of thing. Um... But yeah, there is definitely looks like that now the players are looking lost. Whatever the reason is, uh, you know, we've given a few reasons here and maybe we can go into a lot of detail on another show. But, uh, you know, I've got a load of other things that we need to discuss today. Or, you know, we've already spent a lot of time talking Sancho and all. But yeah, for me now, like I said, the club have to be looking at other options. I think they will be, whether the press say the club are still supporting Ole, there's no signs, you know, I say, what, what signs are they expecting? I said this today on Twitter. What signs are they expecting? Is it like white smoke, like the Pope? You know, we're we seeing a Man United crest <laughs> shining in the sky. I mean, what do the journalists expect? we seen Playing before. Banner. Yeah, even when the, when Jose went, a lot of people kind of expecting it, but it still kind of was a bit out the blue. And then the Ole announcement was obviously a total shock. Uh, You know, when Van Hal, it kind of, it was on FA Cup final day and people were pretty surprised at that point. Moyes, there wasn't that much surprise. I think Moyes, everybody was a bit surprised. It took that long for them to actually pull it. But we know that, like I say, they're businessmen. And with both Van Hal and Moyes, it was not called until Champions League was out of the question. Uh, Top four finished out of the question. At this point today, we're five points off top four. So, yeah, some people would say we're still well in it. Uh, And this point last season, we were actually worse. And by kind of Christmas, we were top of the league. So, yeah, I, I'm just trying to play Devin's advocate, even though I don't totally agree with it myself on where the board might be and why they might still think Ole deserves a bit more time. But I do think whatever they think, they are looking now at other options, thinking about a short list. Uh, you know, on the last pod I said, Imran, I didn't want to talk about other managers because I was still pushing for Ole. But I think now we have to start talking about other options. Conte has obviously gone. I've seen a lot of fallout for that. I mean, do any of you, did did any of you want Conte?
3: I would have taken, I absolutely would have taken Conte. I didn't really, I I wanted Conte
0: Is like, Chef, (laughs) But I think you're like, you're like at the point of like, (laughs) I'll take anybody,
3: right? No, 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 but but here's, here's the thing. Like I, 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 I've said on the pod and obviously talking to you guys that I, Zidane is the guy that I would go for with this team. But with this squad you have, you need, like, This is a squad that should be aiming to win titles. Like that that should be the sole goal when you have this squad that you've assembled. Conte will come in. He would have come in. He would have he would not have an issue uh making big decisions, right? This is something that we have just talked about a bunch with Ole. Like, he would sit players that maybe feel like they shouldn't be sat. He he would make big calls. And he kno- and he knows like he has the track record over a thirty eight whatever his his European record is not very good but in elite in in leagues he's excellent he knows exactly how to play he drills his team they they have clear structure defensively and in, in attacking they have patterns like he would have been excellent I, I and I don't think like there's obviously more than one good manager in the world right like you're Manchester United uh no matter how much of a shit show it is there will always be managers like dying to get to have this job, especially with this team, this squad that, that is in place. There will be plenty of managers uh, that would want this job. So I don't think it's like a disaster that they missed out on Conte.
0: Yeah, and I will say as well that I think that, you know, there's been quite a big poll on Red Cafe and the majority of fans did not want Conte. And Red Cafe is 90% now against Ole, 90% right. Ole out and has been for a while. Um, and But yeah, they Conte was voted mostly no. Um, the favourite on Red Café is Ten Hag. And I think, Jamie, I remember he's your number one option, right? Yeah, I
2: would go for him. But again, I don't think he would come mid-season just purely off the fact that Ajax are playing so well. So this it might be flavour of the month for some people, but the reason I would like him is because even as far back as when Pochettino was in charge of Spurs and Spurs put Ajax out in the semi-finals, Ten Hag's proven with youth, with a budget and with working within a certain means, he can build teams and he's done it successfully. So he had that very good Ajax team that had De Ligt, Van de Beek, uh, De Jong and more that first went on that big run to the semi-finals in the Champions League a few years ago. He's lost most.
0: Well, first first went to play us in the Europa exactly, League Exactly, yeah.
2: So a lot of those players played us in the, in, the, in the Europa League final and a lot of them at that time were very young. So they've had good experience by the time they're even 21, 22, 23. He gives their youth a lot of opportunities to play. Buys well. He lost most of that team and now he's built another team that when you check, the stats are unbelievable. For goals scored, goals conceded, number of wins, they absolutely battered Dortmund. I don't know if anybody else watched the two games. like the even the highlights of the two games. They absolutely yeah, smashed yeah. Dortmund over both legs. I know they they scored too late on in the second leg to win three one, but they should have scored about four goals before that. They were unbelievable. So I think he's just he, he's just got things that I just think suit Man United in terms of he'll give our youth a chance. He will build a team. Is attacking football is outrageously good but I'm not sure he'll come just now just because Ajax are in a very good place and I think he'll fancy trying to do well with them in the Champions League again so if you could get something in place where say for argument's sake he takes over in the summer it's the issue then of looking for a caretaker but I don't think that would be an issue either because as Ashwin said there's countless numbers of coaches out there that if you offered somebody the chance to just come in and manage the team for 8 months I'm sure they would take it. But
0: long term. Hidink. Hidink does it for Chelsea <laughs> yeah. all the time.
2: But uh, long term, <laughs> I would like Ten Hag, yeah. I think he would be an excellent choice.
0: I think that whole thing about interim caretaker is an issue. And as we saw with Van Hal, you know, it was pretty clear at the end that Jose had been lined up way before he actually came in. And that they obviously left it to Van Hal to take the season. And there had still been a small chance that year that Van Hal. Would have made Champions League and he did win the FA Cup. I don't know what would have happened in that scenario. Whether he still would have been fired, maybe he would have been anyway. It looks like the Jose deal was already sewn up by then. Uh, so yeah, there could be well a scenario in the background that the club's number one choice does not want to come till the summer, and so they might think that they're better off leaving it with Ole. I mean. If you're looking at, you know, the equivalent of give it to Giggsy, would any, I mean, Imran, would you have any faith in, I don't know who it'd be. Would it be Phelan? Would it be Carrick? Would it be Fletcher? I don't even know. Uh... I mean,
1: not really, but I still think you take Ole out and you do a change just for a change, change, a change sake, because I feel like keep him in there and we're basically writing off this season. I mean, this is a season where we were meant to have a title challenge. All of us said to a man that we need a title challenge this season. And I think Oli said after the Liverpool game that we're not talking about title challenges or something like that. I feel like he said that. I might have made it up, but did you want him to say that so you could? <laughs> I mean, Assassin maybe. For it? Um, <laughs> I, I, maybe I've, I swear he said it after the game. But anyway, regardless, he he will know that we're not talking about a title challenge now. Yeah. Um, now we're
0: what are we know. We're nine points yeah. off.
1: No, nine, nine off. points off. But I mean, it's we, it's they'd like it has a... to be a miraculous turnaround. But like, um,
3: so could could you just get like? Blanc, he's not doing anything, right? He's Can in. He...
1: He's managing in like Qatar or something. I mean, that's um, pretty but... random to just think that it's Laurent Blanc yeah, is just, just really going managed... to come in again. I don't know why, why. do we have to get players who's? Why do we have to get? It doesn't. It, who
3: I, I don't care us. that he played for United. I'm just saying that he's a manager with some experience who's been at big clubs who maybe would take an interest.
0: Yeah, out. I do see it, a, it a lot of names Blanc. thrown around that are just for the sake of it. Now, I mean. One name, though, that I hope comes nowhere near our football club, and I'm very worried that he's actually the favourite in the betting <laughs> at the moment, Brendan <laughs> Rogers. Rogers. I don't want him <laughs> anywhere no, near no, this club. You. I can't even believe that he's being talked about as an option. Uh, I mean, yeah, all right. A lot of that goes back to the kind of Scouse connection. But also, well, no, you but know, is, he's
1: bottom. But that is a thing, though. Uh, go on. Because, because if we get Rodgers in, he'll probably say we get him in, whatever, right? He'll be spotted at first because, you know, he would. But, but when, yeah, I think a
0: lot of people would not give him that much support. But all right, he will. Every United fan, once they're in there, they get the support. But
1: once it started turning a bit bad, mm. it would turn very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if, if Rodgers was overseeing these two games, like ollie has got away with it a bit because he's Ollie and he's got that, he's built up that reputation. But Rod, I mean, they'd be like lynching him. So I in don't think wouldn't you've, work. you've
0: not actually said, who is your number one choice? Unic.
1: I want you in. Uh, no, my
0: uh, honestly, it,
1: it doesn't matter to me um, because I don't trust this board to get it right. Regardless, I don't trust this board to do anything remotely competent. I think they're a bunch of idiots. And we have Woodward now interviewing himself to stay on as a consultant. I mean, that's just, I mean, the man's a, the man's a fucking tool. Like he he decides he wants to leave in, I think, April me but i have to hang around to the end of the year because i'm so important that i must hang around i must have i must stay to the end of the year because guys what would you do without me like it's bullshit man what the the man's ego is so inflated that he has to stay because what why because he's literally the the worst person in united's history great now he gets sorted and fuckers up even more and he's handing it over to his best mate, who's also going to fuck us. Like, I, I just don't trust this board. I don't trust him to do anything competent. Yeah, so. I mean, that
0: is a yeah. major issue, going back to who are making these decisions in our club. And at the moment, it's not even that clear. You know, before we knew, at least, it was Woodward uh, advising the Glazers. I mean, mostly it's Joel Glazer. Joel Glazer is ultimate decision maker here. Uh, We know he's not any kind of expert in football. He's a businessman, although he has taken a lot more interest in the club in recent times, has at least shown up to a couple of fans forums this year, which, yeah, isn't saying much, but at least is better than what came before. Uh, But, yeah, that is the problem at the moment that we know that Woodward is supposed to be leaving at the end of the year. It seems like he's kind of semi on gardening leave because a lot of his responsibilities commercial wise have already gone to Richard Arnold and things like investor conferences, things like that. Actually, Woodward, when he used to do the fans forum, it's now been taken by Arnold. We then know that, I mean, the way I've actually been explained it by some people I know around the club is that nobody has actually been planned to replace Woodward that there's been a restructuring in the club and that Arnold will be dealing with commercial side reporting to Joel Glazer, and that on the football side, you then have Murtaugh and Darren Fletcher, who are supposed to be in charge of the football side. I still don't know how exactly that then works in a situation that I don't we I do they now. do,
1: let's be honest. I
0: think that's it. They haven't worked yet. They're still kind of, they're in this transition phase inside and maybe that's why now, I don't know, Glazer told Woodward, you need to stay and start, we need to start looking at the new manager, and you know you've been through this three times before. And uh, did such a good job, Ed. Such a good job. <laughs> it's
3: it doesn't it, it the the Glazers have like they have a football team, uh, an, an American football team. It's managed very well. Uh, they have great coaches. Like I, I it's actually it, it's kind of amazing to to look at both both clubs because it's like I, I, they're the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year. Signed the greatest quarterback of all time, have, you know, again, like they literally paid top dollar to get the best coach. They got, they paid top dollar to get his hand picked who he wanted as his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Like they paid top salaries for all these guys. Um, And then they paid more money to keep everybody together this offseason, which for anybody that doesn't, is not aware of how the NFL works, it's literally never happened before for a team to return every single one of its starters. So they paid top dollar to do all of these things. And then you look at United, and, you know, Nick, you just said it. Like, people don't know what, like, how anything is
0: working. But to be, yeah, but to be fair, they've invested a hell of a lot of money into the playing squad. And, Hmm. you know, and that is part of the reason now, of course, why expectations were so much higher this season. You know, last summer, we didn't have a great summer window. People were not expecting that much from the season. And I'd say Ole actually overachieved and, you know, surprised a lot of people by getting that second place. Uh, This season, expectations have been very high. And I think it's fair that they were. You know, when you bring in Varane, when you bring in Sancho, when you bring in Ronaldo then, you know, you have to expect to do better than the year before. And this is what I've always said. I've always said I was willing to back A while I see progress. And for me, even if it was small, there was progress. Third place, semi-final, second place, final, that is progress. But this year, there had to be progress again. And if anything, we're going backwards. And that's why now mm. I say, look, that's just not acceptable. Not with this squad, because this squad is a top squad. You know, it's not a finished squad. There's still issues maybe around the midfield. There might be another right back we need. But it is a damn good squad. May, I'd say it's as good a squad as uh, Liverpool have. It's as good a squad as Chelsea have. Maybe City have a better squad. But this is still a damn good squad. And that is why you say we're failing. So on that side, you can't complain, you know, that what the Glazers have done. And that's why I'll say that whatever happens with Ole now, I hope that people will remember that he's done a good job to build a good squad. But I do think that it's time for him to hand that squad to, to somebody else to try and take us to that next level of actually winning things. Um, all right, you've given your share. issue
1: that the longer he stays, the more harm he does mm-hmm. to that reputation? Because yep. ultimately, for all the good he's done and for those, like, say that, that, I will remember that 5-0 against Liverpool and being in that stadium and walking out probably more than I'll remember that 3-1 win against PSG, for example. And the longer that goes on, surely the more harm he's doing.
0: Yeah, before we move on to the next thing, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Um, As everybody knows, we've been pushing these guys for several months now. You've heard it all. Uh, But yeah, they are put out a new package. If anybody's had that kind of 3.0 before, go and check out their performance package 4.0 um we've not had that yet i think i have been pushing these guys to maybe say we're going to need the new package if you want us to push it over there stop saying package but yeah go and have a. <laughs> well i think talking about manscape and talking about package is like the perfect word to keep using right um but yeah i i i, I kind of didn't want to use their blurb again because i've had a few people sending saying listen we we need some new manscape content over here but yeah I, I, look, I still use my Manscaped stuff. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, my yeah. Uh, for me, the nose and yeah, hair definitely. trimmer, what they call the the uh, crop trimmer, is my favourite piece of kit. Uh, I, I had a bit of a chat about this actually with somebody else the other day, and they said, "Look, I can't believe how big this company Manscaped is." I thought this was like a niche level. I thought you were going to say, "I can't believe how big your nose is." I can't what a great <laughs> yeah no no like i i I don't know if it's like a generational thing i know some of you guys are like a bit younger than me but yeah for me when i heard about things for like shaving your balls and your pubic hair i was like what the hell who the hell uses this stuff But then i see that manscaped are like a billion dollar company looking to list and yeah it's a big thing out there and i've been surprised myself that lots of our listeners have used it have bought over there and yeah thank you to you all uh shout out again the code united hour will get you 20 percent off everything at manscaped.com and you know there's a whole load of lotions potions boxer shorts as i say for me the nose and hair trimmer is my kind of most used bit but yeah i think all you guys have that stuff and yeah i think you all use it pretty regularly still right even months later
2: oh yeah 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 definitely so yeah
0: head over manscaped.com the code united hour will get you 20% off Um, but yeah, look, all right, let's move on to kind of finish with like some kind of upbeat things. Uh, As I say, we didn't talk too much about the Atalanta game that we did have since the last time. And we should talk about Ronaldo pulling us out with an absolute ridiculous goal that day. I mean, uh, Oshwin, you want to take us through that goal? I, I don't, I've watched
3: that goal like 35, 40 times or something.
0: And it's just, I,
3: it's not even a half a chance. It's not a chance. It's just. Like, is there any other player that you would expect to to put that even on target? I mean, he, there's not even space, really, to the goalkeeper's left, or the goalkeeper's right, which is where he's aiming it. There's barely any room. It It's like he hit it in the only place at, at the right velocity where he had any chance of scoring. And it's just, I mean, Greenwood, brilliant assist, by the way. Um, but, like, <laughs> but it's, I mean... Th- He really makes that out of nothing, right? Like, he gets the ball. uh, Sancho does a little bit on the left. I think Ronaldo kind of gets onto the ball. He, like, kind of dribbles by two or three challenges. Ball gets poked away from him, but then he just keeps going, and he's, like, tracking it, and he just gets that, again, not even a half a chance. It's, you know, it's not a chance for 99.9% of human beings uh, that have ever played football, but he gets it, and it's just, I mean, it's... It's as good a goal as anyone will score this year. It's It's just a
1: phenomenal strike. His first goal was probably better for me, though. I mean, that's the kind of, that, that team goal. Oh, that was really yeah, yeah, that was great. Quick movement. Yeah, that
0: was a great goal. I was so that that actually going to say, me... I preferred the first goal. Yeah, go on, I mean, Brick.
1: that's what gives me hope for this team, because that is the kind of goal that you would, like, you could take, like, you could score it against anyone because the movement is so quick and it's so clever and the passing so intelligent and crisp. Like, you could score that goal against anyone, and that is the, what this squad is capable of. When it plays good football, we just need to see it more.
0: Yeah, and we have seen those kind of goals before Discord. as well. Go on, Jamie.
1: I was just saying, like, literally, at the moment
2: we scored that goal, I was typing in the Discord chat to say, uh, for like, the first 40, 40, 40, 44 minutes, we're so slow, it needs to speed up,
1: everything's so static. As I was typing. basically, it, what you need to know is if Jamie's going to type something into the chat, it's usually this is shit. Yeah, half it, And yeah. it's, it's usually about how speed the, pass, up, the passing is
3: slapped the yeah. passing is sloppy. Um, oh, man. But yeah, I mean, both both goals were in extra time too. That, that he yeah. scored
2: in that. Yeah. No, but it, it was just an excellent goal because, as you say, I'mran like that's how we can play, just by literally short, quick passing, good movement, and it was the one bit of football that we'd actually played up to that point. Cut right through them, scored, and you go in a half time thinking, right, we've just seen an excellent bit of football. Just continue that on. And we did for like ten, twenty minutes, and then it just went back to being flat again. But it was an it was an excellent goal, and as for Ronaldo. He's just scoring goals out of nothing. I mean, some of his finishing is just obscene. Like as you say, as you say, Ashman. Most people just would not score some of the goals he scored this season. It's it's
1: unbelievable. The Spurs one was great too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think a lot of people I mean there is this obviously big conversation about um, Nick, we touched on it earlier about Ronaldo being yeah. like, is he a is he a crutch? Is he like But ultimately if you had- would we be in the same position without Ronaldo, I'd say we'd be in a worse position because we'd be shit in the Champions League as well as in the league.
0: I don't and know honestly, though. I don't know though. Because look, I mean I but still-, we'd still have these same problems with rotation, we were- yeah, but with wait Maguire a minute. being injured. We, would we'd have we were all bad. The same problems. We were bad
3: in the two man like we played well against Leeds because Leeds played because Leeds like, played to us. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, but easily. but the performance against Wolves was awful. The performance against Southampton was awful. So like I don't I, I guess if no, but if we I'm looking back well, is
0: like what, how this squad was performing last season, and they were playing much better than this. The same players, and as I said, look, Ronaldo was never part of this plan. I I, I find it difficult to like criticize bringing Ronaldo in, and I don't say it's a mistake. You know, if I was given that opportunity in all ways, if anybody, I'd say like any manager, whatever squad you've got, if somebody says, listen, do you want Ronaldo? You're not going to say no, because he's obviously an outstanding (laughs) player. And I've actually been shot myself at the ridiculous goals he's coming out with. You know, I knew he was an amazing player, but he's getting older. He's coming into the Premier League and it's absolutely mental the goals he's coming out with. But he's not part of the plan. He wasn't part. As I said, I still slightly kind of sad that we've not seen what i think ole's plan was for this season and it was going to be rashford greenwood uh sancho with obviously cavani coming in sometimes and yeah maybe a bit of rotation around as well and yeah we haven't seen that and as you said like imran the best of this team is when we see that kind of fast one touch uh fluid football up front and i people always say what is ole's plan what is his system i think that is what he's always been aiming for and those were the kind of plays he was going. And we it's not the first time we've seen it. There's a goal that comes to mind that we scored against Newcastle last year. That was a great team goal. Great one-touch passing. That uh, You know, it's a great team play. Whereas a lot of team time people say we're only bailed out by individual brilliance. It's all about mm-hmm. individuals. But we have had some great team play before as well. But we don't see it enough. It doesn't happen enough. It hasn't been consistent. And that is the problem. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're wrapping up, so we're not going to go too deep into Ronaldo, you, but we will steep. But go on in, Rand. Just to counter that,
1: because but Ronaldo can get involved in those moves, one. And two, I think the main thing is things just stagnate at clubs, and it's why you don't get managed at clubs for a long time now. And I feel like we've come into what? This is Ole's third season? Yeah,
0: yeah. third full year.
1: And it's, it's just stagnated. And these things happen at clubs and people get tired of the methods. The squad gets tired of not being picked. The morale goes down. These things just build up. And I think even if you didn't have Ronaldo, you would still have the many. I mean, we, Ronaldo is one issue. Some people, it's not an issue. I, when he came in, I was like, we don't actually need him. What is the point? Why we got a midfielder? Whatever, right? We still have all these other issues. It is a get out of jail card to say, oh, it's just Ronaldo. It is so much more than that.
0: No, and and absolutely. We said before that actually the main issue has been our defense and the defensive organization all season is actually where we've fallen down. And that's not much to do with Ronaldo, even if some people might say he doesn't press or whatever. The defensive mess ups we've had is nothing to do with Ronaldo. And that has been the biggest issue this season. Time and time again, goals that just there's no explanation for that. I would be moaning playing in my cage football on a Saturday morning for that kind of organization at the back. Uh, I think
3: I think Imran said once I I remember you said this I think in, a, in the WhatsApp but that we give up the stupidest goals consistently. we do every yeah. week no,
1: it's like the dumbest game. goals the dumbest goals no one gives away dumber goals than us I swear to God I swear to God we out we, we outdo
0: ourselves yeah and it has that will be it at the end like I say game management defensive organization it's mm. where even I now have kind of lost a bit of faith in where Oli is going. You won't hear me, like I say, talking only out. There's been a lot All of right, things we wanted to talk about tonight <laughs> that I had on my list that we've not managed <laughs> to get round to. But yeah, we're going into international break. So I think we probably will record another one because there's so much to discuss at the mm. moment before we come back again. Uh, you know, we were going to talk about how the club is operating, whether they could have been faster. We've had a question came in from Twitter about young players and whether Ole's bought enough of them in. So yeah, we will record something again before we come back again. At the moment, we know Ole has taken a holiday. He's given all the players a break. I personally think I'm sure that the club is working on not necessarily an immediate replacement, but they definitely will now be looking at other options, whether it's just, you know, they're still thinking about giving Ole time. There's no way they're fully behind Ole after this kind of period, but there's still a chance, you know, as Jamie, you said, they might have somebody lined up that they think is only going to come in the summer and Ole might still be given the rest of the year. That we have to see. Um, You know, but yeah, look, we will come back before we come back after this international break. Uh, A lot of our players are already out of this international break. I saw Shaw, Pogba, uh, Rashford are all injured and are not going there, which kind of is probably a good thing for the club. And quite a few were not picked either. Lingard, Sancho, Martial, uh, van der Beek. So, yeah, there will actually be a lot of players who are getting a bit of time off to reflect and see where they're at. Um, we will record again next week, as I say. We will come back before the Premier League comes back in again. Just to finish off, uh, Jamie mentioned our Discord chat. Thanks very much to those who are still supporting us on Patreon. Uh, anybody who's interested, we have a match day chat every game, chatting away on Discord. So if you want to hear what Jamie's saying, what Ushwin's saying, uh, get on there and you can hear it live <laughs> during every game. Do hit us up on Twitter again. That's our main kind of social media. Although we are on Instagram and Facebook as well, Uh, but yeah, I think that for now is it. Well, before we go, one word from each, one word
1: answer from each of you. Do you think Ole will be in charge at Watford,
0: Nick? I think he will.
1: Ashwin,
3: no, I'm going to manifest it into existence.
0: Jamie, (laughs) yeah,
1: I think he'll be there. I also think he'll be there, but we'll see. All right. Go on, Nick, wrap up.
0: All right. Yeah, well, look, we will see. That's uh, three still think he will be here. One thinks no. Uh, I say, look, anything can happen. I'm sure they're working on things and it'll all depend now on who's available and who's ready to take the job. And that's it for this week. Uh, See you on the next one. Good night. Cheers. Good night. Night, troops. Sports
3: Social Podcast Network.